Welcome, everybody. I am so excited that you are here for the Working Singer podcast bonus episode with Jen August. Jen is a hypnotherapist. Jen is a business coach. She's also a singer-songwriter. She's got a musical. She's got a children's book um, happening. She is just talented all around. I don't know how she's doing all this stuff, but um, she is doing it. And um, it's so great because I'd been wanting to have somebody on to talk about mindset um, who could really talk about it. And um, it was just so random how we met. I'm out, I was out. I never talked to strangers. She saw me looking at cars um, on my phone while I'm standing in line. And uh, <laughs> she said something about it. And then we just started talking and I was just like, oh my gosh, I am standing next to, and I keep meet, randomly meeting hypnotherapists. It's just um, interesting. Um, maybe it's because we're in LA, but um, you know, I think nothing is an accident. And this was such an impactful conversation for me. And I did bring up some stuff that I had been going through that I had been struggling with, you know, some of my own blocks that I know that I really need to work through and you know, uh, Jen gives some great insights and some really practical things that we can do and really um, not just think about, but we should be thinking, you know, we should be thinking all the time and we are thinking all the time, but a way to harness, you know, even our most toxic thoughts and turn those, you know, as she says, into action steps and not necessarily the toxic thoughts, but the those thoughts that where we are hesitating, um, she, where we are just unsure and that there is a reason that we're hesitating and um, that we do need to ask ourselves questions and we need to explore that and, um, you know, just take it as um, a direction a directive for self-care, you know, that asking ourselves all of these questions when we're faced with a situation, um, you know, that we need to move through, that we can move through that, like thoughtfully, not freaking out, not, you know, going nuts because we're not exactly sure how to handle it. But, you know, she gives these really wonderful um, tools that we can take with us and I'm just really excited about this this conversation. I think that there could be some great um, breakthroughs for you um, to hear everything that that uh, Jen has to say. So I am so excited. Let's just get into it. Um, without further ado, Jen August. Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited that you're here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. Awesome. Um, so, you know, I, I'll just start off by saying I really wanted to talk about um, mindset. You know, I know that we are all, um, we're singers. I call us singerpreneurs. You know, at the end of the day, yes. it's kind of, it's business <laughs> when it comes yeah, down to yeah. it. And, uh, and the thing that I'd noticed amongst all my guests, like I was saying to you earlier, was that every single one of them had to shift something within their minds um, in order to kind of make that big transformation, you know, get that um, big gig um, or get that teaching gig or get whatever it was, but make that shift in their lives. So, you know, I'm really excited to talk to you about the mindset stuff that we have as, you know, singers and performers that we need to transform. So 
Um, but before we get into that, I want to, um, you know, talk a little bit about you and, and your background. Um, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California, although I say uh, God dropped me off in Tacoma. So I have a bit of a Northern soul. Most people are like, I, you don't seem like you're from Southern California. I'm like, well, um, but yeah, but I grew up in Southern California uh, in the Van Nuys area. And, um, uh, and you know, I was raised by a, a therapist and um, by a doctor and, you know, really grew up um, having kind of like a, a negative influence because my dad, you know, he's a good soul, but he had a hard time translating that into his human dadness. So I got a lot of messages like dummy space cadet from him. And then from my mom, I got the message, you could do anything. You can do anything that you're mind to, you know? Um, and I'm learning a lot right now about the concept of neurodiversity, <clears throat> meaning that something I've always believed, which is that, you know, everybody has, there's no such thing as a normal brain. Right. Um, and that everybody's brain, what we consider deficiencies, I consider that that there's an equal opposite gift and talent that is always balancing that. Right. Mm. So um, so my journey uh, was I remember my mom took a photography class and she took a picture of a man eating out of a garbage can. And I grew up in in an area where it was we were like, you know, middle class and I'd never seen anything like that before. And my little girl brain, and I think we all hit a question that we want to solve. It's kind of like our core wound or core challenge or core thing that we're here to solve. Yeah. And mine was, how can we be living in a house and this human being be eating out of a trash can? Yeah. And my brain, like a part of me knew that everybody was capable, but maybe not everybody had the opportunities. Right. And so that was always something I needed to solve, but I didn't need to really, really solve it until I became an entrepreneur and wasn't making money. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until it was like a real pressure, like, huh, it's not just a theory. It's like, I'm working my butt off, but I'm, I'm not getting clients. Like what's the, what's blocking me. Right. Which is the conversation we're having. Like, why do some people have an Island and some people are eating out of a garbage can? Like, yeah. how does that happen? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think all in the arts or in the healing fields, which I think they're the same, really, um, have something that they need to overcome so that they can allow themselves to receive. Uh, yes. You know, and in my journey, it was about um, having to, to um, I went to a hypnotherapist and it really um, changed it cleared a lot of the scar tissue of other people's beliefs that were in my space mm. because I had a lot of, uh, you know, we get filled with a lot of people's ideas. Yeah. Um, and the ideas that were, were in that I was filled with were the opposite of, who, you know, of my gifts and strengths. Cause they never caught that I had learning disabilities. They never caught mm. because to, to the world, it looked like I was lazy instead of that. Um, I was ADD dyslexic and, you know, just had all these what's considered deficiencies or learning disabilities that weren't caught. And in a lot of ways, I'm glad they weren't caught because when you get a label, then that's another thing to overcome. I mean, we all get a label. I mean, unfortunately, most of us get the imprint that we're not good enough. Yes. 
you know, no matter who raised you, I said, if you have earth parents, I'm sorry, you know, you got an imprint, right? Because they're, <laughs> because they got the imprint, they weren't good enough and, and so on and so on and so on, right? And so for me, my journey was going from feeling worthless and I had nothing to offer to going, there must be a reason I feel this way. And maybe if I can transform it for myself, I can help others. And when I worked with the hypnotherapist, uh, it cleared so much negative beliefs about myself that I decided to s become a hypnotherapist mm. and become a, a business coach as well. So I was doing business coaching, hypnotherapy, and on top of, as you know, like, you know, I'm doing my own music as a solo singer songwriter. And then I have a musical ad. I've been going into schools and doing growth mindset assemblies, doing teacher trainings. Mm. But that's that one thing that I've been trying to solve and I will be solving my whole life, which is, you know, how do you help a human being go from the beliefs that really don't support them yeah. to, I believe, natural abundance and beliefs that like when you meet a little kid that hasn't gotten drank the Kool-Aid of culture, which is you're not good enough. You have to prove your value. You know, mo most of us were not in schools that really focused specifically on our gifts and talents. Mm. You know, like keep up with the class or you're dumb or slow. Right. Right. And even the opposite of you're smart, you're smart means that you have to keep proving that you're smart. Right. And it's not about the journey of learning and, right. and following the process. Yes. So, um, you know, the, I think the most beautiful thing that I've discovered working with people as a hypnotherapist and as a coach and just being a, you know, a working singer myself is like our deepest wound, our biggest pain, the shame, the thing we want to hide. The equal opposite of that is our gift. You know, whether we translate that through singing or performing or, you know, um, being, you know, a coach or whatever it is. Um, and to me, that's a huge, for me, that makes me a happy person to know that everybody in the world has a, an equal opposite. And if I can get wooey for a second, I, I feel like we kind of sign up for a specific core wound mm -hmm. to overcome and then go back for the others. Mm. Okay. So I love all of this. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, how... So then we've got all of these wounds. We've got all of these blocks. What are the pieces? Like, what are the parts? How do we yes. uh, overcome them? And like, what, what are they all like really made of? You know what I mean? Yes, great question. So the easiest way I could describe it is to explain it in a, in a process that I teach in my life coaching certification program where, you know, I'm teaching people how to be coaches mm -hmm. to help people overcome their stuff. But like, you know, we can't be great coaches until we can overcome our own stuff. Like it's hard to be a great singing teacher unless we've like gone through the trials and tribulations of, of you know, breaking through our singing challenges. Yeah. And so one of the things that I teach to my clients and, and the person at the grocery store, anybody that will listen, because I, I, you know, I love to share this information is, so I invite everybody that has a goal um, that wants to create something to create what I call a success vision. And the success vision is made up of two pieces. Piece number one is this is how I want to feel in my ideal situation, whether it's my working singer situation, whether it's my, 
you know, whatever it is, it's like, I want to feel, you know, on my path. I want to feel valued. I want to feel like I'm growing. I want to feel. And so I recommend that people start with writing down how they want to feel because in the linear world, we can get stuck on how it looks and then we can miss opportunities, right? It's like, it needs to look this, right? And I always say, don't limit the universe. Don't say it needs to be like this or nothing. Like let the universe bring you lots of opportunities. So that's part one is the success vision. And so when you say the success vision or you read the success vision, it fills you with such joy and excitement that you're magnetic, right? Mm. And then the, 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 um, the physical target is how do you want your life to physically feel? Like for me, I set up my life because I'm an ambivert. I'm part extrovert and part introvert. Part of me wants to go, woo, and be in the world, and then I got to go and be in my shell, right? Wow. So two-thirds of me is like shell time and being uh, doing video conference coaching, and then one-third is out in the world, right? And so I, we have to figure out the lifestyle we want to have. Mm. And so this, the, the physical target is, like for me, I wanted to have one-third extrovert, two-thirds introvert lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so I, co I have coaching clients, one-on-one -on -one coaching clients and group coaching clients every other week. And then the, uh, the other two weeks, I am working on, you know, getting my musical to get its full production. I'm working on, um, you know, like I, I'm, you know, doing background work or doing, you know, um, you know, work connecting and, and just doing my, my, my creative activism kind of stuff. Right. Mm. And so it's like, what, is, what, what do you, what do you want to create energetically and what is the physical expression of that? Mm. And to me, it's really an educated guess, right? It's really, it's really you saying, I mean, I say to the universe and I tell my clients to say, or whoever they believe in, <laughs> whatever they believe in, it's like, this is the best guess of the kind of lifestyle and the kind of impact I want to create. And we learn in motion about the best direction to go, right? Like when I was, uh, I had a band and I was touring as a singer songwriter solo and all this stuff. And it became very clear to me that even though I had really decided or really had the feedback that made me feel valuable that I had to be a touring musician and that meant success, mm -hmm. But come to find out, I hated bars and I didn't really like to travel that much. And I started realizing, I started learning a lot about the, um, you know, like the personal growth industry. And I was like, huh. And then I became a coach and I, and I started integrating my music and art and everything I could do into that message. Mm. Uh, but if, but I got so validated for doing music that way that I was programmed to believe it's that way or the highway. Like I even had made up this term called fame shame. Oh. You know, I was like, fame shame. Like, hey, I was supposed to be famous because everybody told me, oh, Jen, when you're famous, right? So I was like, God. culture, <laughs> right? Yeah. Culture was reflecting to me. Your path is to be a famous musician or nothing. Right. And so I busted that and really on a regular basis would go, okay, my ego is trying to run away with my spirit mission. What am I really here to do? Mm. And if I was going to let go of the beliefs of it has to look like this and really get to the core message I wanted to give to the world. And then from that core message, allow all the different physical expressions of that, like 
you know, being a life coach and a business coach and being a therapist and speaking in schools and doing assemblies and teacher trainings. So part of it is, is not letting the idea of what the career looks like be the boss because it can't be the boss because a lot of what we feel like we want has been programmed into us and is very ego based and some of it's correct, but it's not, you know, that you're going down the wrong path when, you know, I've been in places when I was doing my music career where I was like angry and jealous of everyone and it wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to wait a minute, it's not my success. Isn't going to look like anybody else's success. And it's right. really has very few elements of what society program you to believe or what people who are like, Oh, you're really good at music. You're going to be famous. and Don't leave me behind or you're really good at art, you know? So in a lot of ways, you know, creating a success vision and saying, this is what I want it to feel like, which is more important than what you want it to look like. Mm. Good to know what it looks like, but with the open mind of, I'm going to let every step I take inform me about what direction feels true yeah. and really is validating. Like I would have never guessed that I would become a coach and a hypnotherapist and, you know, have a musical out and, going to, you know, this was not my choice. My ego choice was to be famous because my wounded self needed me to be able to look important. Mm. Right. And I know in my role in my family was to be the entertainer to control the energy of my dad being a rageaholic. Right. So mm. I got to a point where I got to say, you guys entertain me. You know what I mean? I'm done trying to prove my value. Mm. And I got, I got to let go of what I thought I was supposed to do and really dig into what is my sole mission? What am I really here to do? And so creating a success vision and creating the, the, your best guess of the physical structure is really the first step. And then the next step is to check in with whatever you call it, your higher self, your inner village. And you say, higher self, inner village, or big purple cloud in the sky, or whatever you believe. You want to say, inner village, what are your questions, comments, or concerns about this mission, this vision, what I want to create? And then you turn on a tape recorder. I'm 48, so it's a tape recorder. And you, you know, you turn it on and you just listen. You record all the doubts, the fears, the because you're gonna hear all the things that are blocking you in in the light. Like there and there are two different kinds of things that will come out. One of them could be a mindset thing, like who am I to? Yeah. You know, like when I was writing my musical, like I'm ADD, I'm dyslexic, I taught myself how to play music. Um, by ear, I fired my guitar teacher when I was younger because I just, that's not the way my brain worked. I, you know, create music by ear. And so when I'm writing this musical, I hit all this, you know, I did this process and one of them was, who am I to, I don't even read notes of music. And it's like, okay, that was a mindset thing. Who am I to think I should write a musical? I don't even read music. And number two, it was a mindset thing. And the other one was, it was an action step because we have mindset steps and action steps and overlaps. And that mindset step was hire someone to translate it into notation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, just like with my children's book, it took me forever to colorize it. And I was like, guess what? I'm hiring someone to colorize it. Right. So hmm. understanding that's that, that neurodiversity of like everybody has a different brain and it's perfect the way it is. And part of it is learning how to, use what we have um i remember this one woman said it's not the 
it's not the hand you're dealt is how you play it, right? right? And so if someone creates their success vision and really honest with themselves, is this really what I want or is what I think I want or what I told everybody and now I have to do it, you know, like, is this really what I want? Yeah. And if I'm going to be really honest with myself, when I think about it, it opens, it opens my heart, it opens my soul. I feel amazing, right? That's when you know it's great. But if it's like a little open close, you want to just be really honest with yourself. And sometimes I invite people to just focus on how they want it to feel and let the physical details reveal themselves, right? Like for me, when I became a hypnotherapist and a coach, like they're like, oh, hypnotherapy, weight loss and smoking. I'm like, that's not what resonates with me. So I invented business hypnotherapy because that's what I wanted to do, right? Mm. So sometimes we're really inventing our career um, and putting together things, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. you know that. And so, so once someone goes through the list and really listens to their inner village saying, who am I to do this? And what if you get really successful and you're a jerk? Or what if you get really successful and you get a stalker? Like that you just let all these things out, right? Mm -hmm. And then every single one of those is an action step. Mm -hmm. And those action steps are going every, and, and a, a lot of the first thing is when you listen to your inner village or your inner spirit or higher self, first of all, your system's going to start trusting you with this vision and mission and saying, Oh, if you're listening to me, then we don't have to throw up all these blocks to protect you because we think you're three years old or five years old because mm -hmm. we get imprints from blocks that we had a long time ago. Right. And so if someone is taking every, you know, every, uh, block or challenge and turning it into an action step, those action steps could be, you know, for me, it wasn't, I wasn't going to learn how to write music before the musical was out, but I was going to get hire someone. And then I got a software where I took what they put and I could move the notes up and down and, you know, make it specific. Right. Um, so once you have these lists of action, they're action items. So we went from being blocked and feeling like, cause we get mad at ourselves when we're blocked Yeah, and the, the truth of the truth, and my most favorite sentence that the universe has ever, one of them has ever told me to tell people is, your resistance has wisdom. It's asking you for something. Mm. So instead of being like, you know, like we're sitting in a classroom, not moving at the same pace, so we're bad or we're not good enough or we're a burden versus, whoa, my whiz, my, my, my blocks are, are basically my inner village saying, you need to listen to our questions, comments, or concerns and break all those down into action steps. So one action step is I need to learn how to do this or I need to hire someone for this. Another one is I have a mindset block. I need to you know, listen to a hypno audio to clear my block to allow money in or I need to work with a hypnotherapist or whatever. But I always say you wanna work on the structural thing first because a lot of times once a structure's in place, sometimes a block will clear just because we have steps. Mm. But if you have steps and um, and you know that they're true to your soul and they're not just a programming belief you have to do it. And you're like, yes, it's clear I want to do this. And you're not doing it, then it's really good to get some mindset support. You know, like clearing, like I, um, it, if you go to my website, jenaugus.com, there's, um, there's all this information. But one of them is in the corner, it's about clearing blocks. Because I have a mindset program called, and I'll, I'll send you a copy. It's Remove Your Blocks So Your Business Rock. Oh, no, it's a, Turn On Your Money Magnetism, right? And it's, it's a, it's, teaching your brain to create a new movie theater, which is like that we're friends with money, like versus our programming beliefs about money. 
because for me, my program, program beliefs about money are money makes people evil and destroy yeah. the world and hurt each other, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to get in touch with, and that's what I talked about in the program, is our natural abundance and our natural money energy. Mm. And this is really wooey, but I have seen it too many times for it not to be true, where I believe that we have a certain wound or challenge that we sign up for at our, you know, like the, the uh, like a college imagine like a college career coach, but it's our like soul career coach. Yeah. And you say, I want to grow this way in this life. And you agree to a certain core wound challenge thing to overcome, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not in any way saying it's okay for people to hurt us to learn that. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that we sign up for a core challenge or wound to overcome so we can go back for the others. Mm -hmm. Right. And what my core wound was not good enough, not worthy. And I even had a situation where my dad was saying, you know, you know, your mom and the, the alimony and the child support. And he was just saying terrible things about my mom. And what I meant, what I said to him was, I don't want to know about the money. But what I meant to say was, I don't want you to say bad things about my mom. And the next time he picked me up, he had an envelope in his hand. He tore it open. He poured it in my lap. And he's like, you need to know this is how much you cost a month. Oh, Right. So when I started becoming a hypnotherapist and I realized that 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 I couldn't make more than that amount of money for years. Oh, wow. Right. And so we all have an imprint of, of the relationship with money versus what I believe is our natural abundance energy, which we all came in with. And our natural abundance energy is our natural magnetism. Like you see a little kid before they drink the Kool-Aid of society and the world belongs to them. Of course, you're going to feed them and love them. And of course, you know, that's in all of us, but it gets shut down. Right. Part of it is clearing everybody else's idea and cultural programming about money to become what I call best friends with money and create that present time relationship with money, which is you know, my natural money energy and everybody's natural money energy, once you clear off everybody else's idea of money, is that money is an energy that wants to support you to do your mission. Mm. Yes. You know, and so, and that, and once we realize, it's almost like if you've ever had a friend who told you that this, you know, you might be new in a school or there's a new girl that comes in and a friend that you trust says that that's not a good person or they're a jerk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you get an imprint that that person is not someone you want to connect with. Mm -hmm. um, and then you never get to know that person because you just believe the story. And let's just say something happens where maybe you, and I'm just making up stories here, get a detention together and you get to know that person and you're like, Oh, she's really cool. And that's how I feel about when people really get to know their own natural money energy Mm. Or, or natural receiving energy, then they begin to trust like, oh, well, I don't like what the world is doing with money, but you know, what I'm going to do with money is I'm going to have a wonderful life for myself and also give to causes I care about, right? Mm. And people begin to reclaim their own relationship with money so they will allow more money in because I didn't want to have let money in because back in the day, because I just saw it as money is evil. It makes people jerks. And why would I want to have any of that stuff? Right. So I didn't let myself have money for years until I, re, you know, retrained my brain to allow um, money in from positive, you know, some positive things, knowing that that those of us who are healers and singers and want to make the world a better place, it's actually better for the world that we have the most money. Yes.
because we want to do good things with it. Yeah. Right. And so here's a wonderful mind flip I love to tell my clients, which is, and it really helps because especially we have intense female programming about receiving, you know, like it's selfish to receive. Uh, yes. And we have to be on auto give. If we're not giving all our time, love and energy away, like so many dinner mints, then we're not really a good woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so part of it is turning off auto give and saying, you know, you know, um, this is who I am and these are my values and I want to be around people who match that vibration, mm. you know, and, um, and I'm only going to work with ethical good people. Um, you know, and I'm only going to, um, and I'm going to make sure that I don't put my inner village or inner child in a situation where they feel unsafe for any reason, because it's not worth it. Right. Um, and so turning off auto give is about, um, you know, and sometimes we have to work with people that we don't necessarily enjoy, but there's a, there's a line between this, I don't enjoy this and I'm being hurt or abused or harmed, which mm. we cannot accept because the universe is watching and saying, okay, are you okay with these kind of people in your life? Mm. So send you more or less. Mm. Right. Um, and, and one of, one of the things I absolutely know is one of the main reasons a lot of, uh, singerpreneurs or entrepreneurs don't make money is because they are afraid to get out there because they don't want to deal with the person that harmed them the most, oh. you know, the reflection of those other people in the world, right? Mm. Those personality types. So I always recommend you make a list of ideal and non-ideal characteristics of human beings that are worthy of another second with you. So you make that list and, and I learned this while I was like dating to find my soulmate, which I did, but my pattern was being um, like a, a total codependent. And so I was like an out of control codependent until I started, you know, doing the mindset shifting work and realizing that that was just a pattern, right? Trying to like manage the energy of my dad's anger. And that's what I thought a relationship was like trying to manage someone else Ooh. versus I'm no longer in agreement to having those kind of people in my life. And so as I was doing online dating, I started making a list of ideal and non-ideal characteristics, which is a mental process. But the emotional process was, what does my gut say? Mm. Does this person earn another second with me? Mm. You know? And so when we're, as we're building our careers, there's not one opportunity that is worth taking if we put ourselves and our inner village in harm's way, you know, because opportunities are not real opportunities if they harm us or damage us or, or, or make us work around toxic people. Mm. You know, that's why the singerpreneur concept is I need to create my own stage. I need to create my own opportunities so I could be the queen or the king of it. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, um, gee, where was I? There's just so much to talk about. <laughs> oh, creating that ideal and non-ideal list and really holding everybody and everything up against that list and really listening to your gut. Like, I just had an opportunity. There were people that approached me to turn my children's book into Gene um, and the Wonderful Idea Machine about a little girl who creates a machine that changes worried thoughts to wonderful ideas. That's what my musical is about. And I want to turn it into a children's um, TV show and get it on Broadway and, you know, whatever it really wants to make its biggest impact. So these people approached me about, um, you know, get, you know, helping me work with me to get it into the show and my ego personality could just like yes right and and i was so excited but my inner village and my inner children were like no and i just wasn't didn't want to listen didn't want to listen but finally i did kind of like what are your questions comments or concerns and come to find out 
I just didn't trust these people. And I just had to listen. And I just had to walk away from it because the closer it got to actually doing it, the more pain I had in my body. And like, I just felt scared. And, and it was, and there's a difference between I'm scared because it's a great opportunity and I'll be seen versus I'm scared because this is because underneath their smiling faces, they have personality traits and characteristics that are like people that are not a good match for me. Mm. I have to let it go because the more I let things go that are not a match for me, the more opportunities that come in and more opportunities have come in with people that are the right characteristic and matches. So Mm. that's part of it is that we can't, we can't be so hungry that we don't listen to our, what's true. We have to be, we have to be going for what we want to create and have people earn the opportunity to work with us Mm -hmm. because it's a privilege. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So much good stuff. I'm going to submit myself for something (laughs) right now Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of going through this thing. What do I want to say about this? I think something that has just come up is when an opportunity comes my way, you know, I do have that yes and that no in me. And Mm -hmm. there is this like fear that jumbles everything up so much that I can't even like move forward, you know? Got it. I totally I can't even I can hardly think. I get overwhelmed. Right, right, right. I don't know who to ask for advice. I'm like, who's doing this? Who can I how can I figure this out? And then I just end up not doing anything because I don't know. I'm just like, I don't want to lose control. So I'm just not Mm -hmm. gonna do anything. Yes. You know. Well this is this is a great this is a great thing to look at because at first we want to say, okay. Um, there's a resistance and it might be really justified. So we have to honor that. Or it might be, I just need to get lots of information and details first. Right. But you know, there is the initial, I don't want to lose control, which is a really important feeling to have and a feeling to pay attention to. We want to say, I, you know, to that part of us, I recognize this feeling and it's even that questions, comments, or concerns. How can I, make it safe for you to say yes, if indeed it's the right opportunity. Right. Right. So what I would do, and, and someone taught me this when I was struggling with something very similar, like, do I stay in this situation or is it really just not working or do I move to the next level? <clears throat> so first of all, we have to just honor that that gut feeling could be absolute truth and we need to listen to it or we have to consider it and then get all the information and then keep the conversation going until it's like, Oh wow, this is a good opportunity. And this part of me needs certain things to feel safe Mm. and valued in this process. Right. Mm. And so there's a concept that I was taught called wish, want, and walk. And, and the wish is looking at what they're offering you Mm -hmm. and, and getting really clear about what you absolutely need in like the most wonderful dream, almost a little bit of a dream world. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just, this is my wish. And then want is, this is what I, these, this is my deal breaker. I absolutely need this, you know, and walk as if those things aren't there. Right. Yeah. And, and right. So, so, so what I would do is I would, I would, you know, turn on your tape recorder and say, this is my opportunity. This is the opportunity as I know it right now. What are your questions, comments, or concerns? And you're going to get things like, 
I don't know all the details. You need to find the details. Or, you know, what if I lose control? Or, you know, and all of those questions, comments, or concerns, whether it's a mindset thing or a structural thing, are going to educate you on how you need to, you know, get your inner team on board if indeed it is an opportunity that is right for you. And I always find that my initial gut feeling is usually pretty right on, okay. you know. <laughs> so, so part of it is, is that with some people, it doesn't matter if we have a great contract, doesn't matter if we have all these things there, you know, that we just know that there's just something off and we have to listen to a part of us saying, yeah, it looks really good on paper, but my, and, and it, it, it reminds me of a story because our subconscious mind, which controls 95% of what we think, feel, and do makes decisions for us. Like, you know, like a third of a second before we're aware of it. Right. A lot of times. And so I, back in college, I, I took a class called model mugging where you learn how to fight big padded men. And it, it's like, you know, street spark self-defense. And I was at a club dancing with this guy and I didn't realize it, but my hands were in fighting position. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. And wow. so and a lot of, and that's why we want to listen to like, mm. you know, say I'm having a gut reaction and I want to explore whether the gut reaction is right on or the gut reaction is just telling me if this looks good, you still need to ask me what my questions, comments or concerns are so we can set up the support myself plan mm. as well as support this vision plan. Cause our inner village or higher self or inner child is really just like, look, it's my job to keep you safe and alive. So, you know, an inner village and, and, higher self plan is really a self care plan. Okay. Right. So whenever I look at an opportunity, I do questions, comments, or concerns. What are your questions? And then I break it down and I really look at it and I might come to a place where it's like, well, you know, it kind of looks like I could handle all the things that my inner village needs and I'm making clear agreements with them about it and they still don't feel good about it. And I'm going to listen to them because they've never really steered me wrong when I really listen. Because there's a difference between I'm afraid because my soul knows that there's something not right or I'm afraid and I just need to work, the, you know, clear the blocks and the fears and, you know, um, and it's a different feeling in your body. So in your body, when it's like a, this is not right, it's like your lower chakras or your gut. Yeah. But when it is right and you're just scared, you're kind of in your upper chakras, right? You're kind of like, I'm excited but scared. Yes. You know? And so in a lot of ways, it's, we have to become experts in really listening to um, our gut. Because how many times have people said, like, man, I just, my gut knew I just didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. right. Yeah. And we deserve that time to, like, break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down, you know. And if someone's impatient or wants you to sign a contract, it's like, obviously, this is not going to work. Because I'm telling you, my needs are to go over every single bullet point in the contract and and ask you questions about it and have my lawyer look at it or whatever you know like yeah. if they're also impatient for your process you can bet they're going to be impatient for you know they're just about them they're not equal energy exchange people mm. I also i i love that and i also um i'm also thinking you know my stuff i've got a lot of money noise and I think it's like um, feeling like I deserve money. I mean, you this, this could bring in money. There's another opportunity that can bring, there's a few opportunities that can bring in more money. And I am, you know, I just get like really, 
freaked out. And I'm like, is it the money component? Is it, is it the control component? I do feel like, um, you know, I've just got a lot of mess around. <laughs> I do have a lot of mess around money. And what do you feel like, uh, yeah. you know, might be the components there around, you know, I, 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 I think you yeah. talked about like sort of the, the giving and receiving energy right. around that. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is, is that, you know, having a, someone that you trust to reflect, you know, like I'm happy to like have a separate coffee date with you after you've got gathered all the information to go over these opportunities. Right. Yeah. Because part of it is, is, you know, having someone that you trust them and they're not in the game in any way for anybody else, but helping you yeah. get clear. Because I bet even before we connect just to talk about those things, if you uh, do pros and cons lists and do a, um, you know, what are your questions, comments, or concerns and break it down into action steps, you're going to get a lot of clarity, right? And, and, and part of it is you have to say, okay, if I have money stuff going on, then I need to talk to someone who could advise me really that I, uh, around the money stuff, yeah. right? Because, yeah. you know, someone that might have also, you know, with these opportunities, you can also say, I would like to talk to three people that have gone through this process with you that, you know, um, and, and find out about their experience. And that'll scare really not ethical people away. Right. Mm. Like we talk to some um, other people that are, you know, you know, under this umbrella or whatever the opportunity is, and that'll scare away people that are really not in it for the right reasons. Yeah. But you have a right to know everything about this opportunity backwards, forwards, inside out. And their tolerance for that is also going to tell you if it's a good match for you, mm. you know, because what we're looking at is an emotional charge around money, which everybody has. And saying, wow, I'm charged about it. And we say, yay, my resistance has wisdom. I wonder what it wants me to know oh. or set up, right? Like this charge is an alarm from your internal village that's really saying, I'm going to shut this down unless we really get to learn about it and find out if it's a good match, right? And it's a good alarm. We need to be triggered around things that we don't have enough information for. So before, it might have just been a shutdown to everything I'm not looking but now I'm inviting you to be a detective and say every fear, doubt, and concern I have, I'm going to explore it. And if these people don't have the tolerance for me to explore this opportunity to assuage the fear, doubt, and all the stuff going on around it, then they're not a match for me. But if they are, and then once, let's just say we find one of these opportunities, they've answered all the questions, and your, your inner village is starting to calm down and feel like, huh. And then, then you and your inner village feel good about the opportunity. And then the next question is, okay, now that we feel good about it, what do you need in exchange for me to do this? Because this is going to take time, love, and energy. Then you set up the, like, before, you know, I work on any big project, I check in with my inner village about how to balance what I'm taking out and what I'm putting back into myself. So if there was an order to the process, you say, okay, step number one, I'm going to get clear about my success vision, what I want it to feel like, what I want it to look like. Because once you even know that, you can look at these opportunities and say, does this, does this even fit into my vision at all? Does this even take me in the direction I want to go? Because you know, it might not, right? Or it might be like, I don't know, I need to get more information, right? And then you, you know, put on your 
you know, Inspector Clouseau, like investigator hat. And you can even say, imagine that you're investigating, let's just say for like your, a friend's daughter, right? Or for someone that you really care about, you don't want them to be taken advantage of and you want, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you be a detective as if you're wanting to make sure that an opportunity is good for someone you care about and kind of take yourself out of the equation in the sense of it's not whether I'm worth it or it, you know, it's good enough or whatever. It's like, I'm going to do like left brain research about whether this is actually a good opportunity that I would refer my friend to or my friend's daughter to mm. something like that. And once you collect all the information, as you're collecting it, you're going to start getting some clarity, yeah. right? And any clarity you don't have, you ask them for clarity. Like when I hire someone to do anything, I'm their worst nightmare because, you know, or if they want to partner with me because I want so much information Yeah. because I've said yes to things that were a disaster. And now I'm not going to, I'm like, I say to them, look, I care about you too much not to know if this is totally right for me right. and, if we, and if we're a good match. Another thing you could do is, hey, I would like to do a tiny project with you guys first. Mm. See if we're a good match. Like, let's produce one show together. I love that. You know, because it is anyone we partner with is a marriage, and we want to make sure that, mm. you know, yeah. they are worthy of our energy, our time, love, and energy. Yeah. I love that so, component that you just mentioned, you mentioned earlier about that, all of that equaling self-care, you know? Yes. And yeah. do you find that, because I'm thinking, uh, as you're saying all of this, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about, you know, all of these various situations I've been in over my life where I've been offered something and it sounded really good, but I needed to really ha incorporate that self-care, you know? Yeah. Uh, how do you get yourself to that place where you believe you deserve, you know, yeah. to care for yourself, well, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Well, and if you think about it, if you think about it, like, let's just say someone needs to till their land and they have a mule and they don't take care of their mule. And so the land doesn't get tilled. Right. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it, one way is we can look at our old files and say, what happens to me when I, when I put too much energy out in the world, and I'm not getting enough back. Yeah. What happens? I get depressed. I get sick. Um, I get, you know, uh, cranky with my relationships. Right. Yeah. And the reality of it is um, I, I created an organizational system called the heart map success system. And I have a software out and I'm just beta testing it. And, um, and, and it's got, um, it's got a software, but it, there's also sheets and the big, the only heart that gets to be the biggest heart on the sheet is the self-care heart. Mm -hmm. And the self-care heart is on a daily basis. If I'm asking myself to do these one to three tasks to, you know, to grow my business or to grow my singing preneur career, what is the equal energy exchange that I'm going to give back to myself? Right? Because if we really look at ourselves as the queen of our queendom, and the, a kind queen that takes excellent care of herself so she can serve her people, so she can sing to her audience. If we really put ourselves first, which we were programmed to believe is selfish, and what I call is self-central. And self-central is saying, hey, I was put on this planet to do this mission, so I have to give myself my energy first so I can share from the overflow of taking care of myself 
versus giving my energy away like so many dinner mints and I'm exhausted, resentful, and I can't do my mission. Yeah. So an image I like to tell uh, my coaching and hypno clients is every time you are about to say yes to something or give out energy that you really don't have to give out because you haven't given to yourself, I want you to imagine you're taking food out of the mouth of your inner child and giving it to a perfectly capable grown-up that can do stuff for themselves. Mm. Right? Wow. So, so the way we become successful is we, we know that we're, we have a mission that we have to honor and we have to give ourselves the time, love, and energy first. You know, mm. uh, now it's different if you have a newborn and it's different, you know what I mean? There's different, you know, yeah. but for the most part, when we are able to give ourselves our energy and share from the overflow of taking excellent care of ourselves, self-care is the most important part of running a successful business. Mm. And one of the audios in my, um, and like I said, I'll send you the, the program in my um, turn on your money magnetism program is you are worthy. Mm. And it's showing you connecting with your inner child and connecting, collecting her back from everybody else and saying, you're safe now mm. who you are is perfect the way you are. And it's, you know, and I'm going to take care of you because really we're the only ones that can take care of ourselves and give ourselves what we need. Mm. And so if you're not just looking at self care as, Oh, am I worthy of care or not care? And you're really looking at this little part of you, this little girl part of you and saying, I, I need to be a warrior for her. And by being a warrior for her, we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That just really struck me because I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, don't be sorry. It's, it's um, deep stuff. You know, I, I've found like in the past, I've gotten really impatient, you know, with that pro process. I didn't even think of it as a process. I've just thought, yeah. you know, I just didn't have any patience for that, but how can you not have patience for your own, self-care yes. you know this yes. is ultimately going to keep you informed and you know and safe and growing yeah absolutely i mean i am completely a recovering workaholic because i had a on my entrepreneurial self saw me as and even that part of myself that was like i have to be important and i have to be known and I have to be famous yeah. would drive 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 because it was like it thought I was a piece of machinery right yeah. and then my creative self was like yeah but what about creativity and what about passion and what about and when I let my that you know that part of me that just would push me push me push me and didn't care um and then I had to like really like step back and teach them how to work together because the entrepreneur is not going to be successful without the creative part and the creative part's not going to be successful without the entrepreneur and now I look at it like I have two kids and one of them has to go to ballet and one of them has to go to the chess club maybe not on the same day you know but they I still need to nurture both of them separately and together and and teach them that they need each other to actually accomplish the things that they want mm. so instead, instead of letting my entrepreneurial self just run me into the ground because that means I'm good because I'm working so hard that I'm almost dying. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me a little bit about, um, I'm wondering about like you, when you were the entrepreneur and you were not making any money, what was yes. that like and how did you move beyond that? Well, for me, it, you know, um, 
I was working hard, working hard, working hard, working hard, not making any money. And that's when I, and at the time I had a friend who was working on a film and I was kind of helping him come up with characters and using like the Enneagram for personality stuff. And, and, and he had a book signing and I went to his book signing, even though I was like, so feeling like I had nothing going for me, but I'm like, you gotta go. You gotta stop being jealous of everybody that is not you and go. Right. So I went and I uh, was talking to this one guy and I said, you know, I love those movies where someone is struggling and then they overcome and it changes their life. And he's like, Oh, that's what I do. I'm like, Oh, you're a filmmaker. And he's like, no, um, I'm a hypnotherapist. I help people, um, um, you know, edit the movie in their minds to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I actually started working with him and it just cleared up all this like worthlessness. Mm. And then I decided to become a hypnotherapist and a coach and pursue my music and all that. But for me, it was that working with a hypnotherapist to clear the beliefs that were keeping me hiding myself from, Mm. you know, feeling worthless and feeling small and really feeling like I didn't want to be on the planet, you know? And, um, and then when I started coaching people, I was, and adding mindset to the coaching, I could see that people would be able to accelerate their success Mm. because I was able to say to them, you know, what you think is wrong with you is actually right. Right. Like there's an equal opposite to our challenges and our pain that, um, you know, as a singerpreneur or as a coach or whatever, once we realize that, you know, the universe didn't kick our butt for no reason, there's this wound helps you understand your audience better. And this wound can help you serve your audience better. And once you're able to say, Oh, this isn't just for me, I need to, work on overcoming it so I can go back for the others, whether it's, you know, having your singing be even more emotionally powerful because you're, you're, you felt it and you know, like I know when I started writing songs and performing them in, in, in uh, you know, in college at clubs and stuff. And it, to me, they were just very gory and um, confessional and like self-centered, like, Oh, my pain, my pain. And then people would come up to me and be like, Oh my God, you feel that way. I don't feel so alone whoa like and really understanding so you know like everybody who's listening and saying oh i can't get once i get over this then i can be successful it's like what you want to get over is about going through it and and saying how is this pain and challenge make me even better at what i do how how is this not an obstacle but a stepping stone and for me feeling worthless and not good enough and like i'll never be successful and i have nothing to offer being able to really look at that and say, oh, this isn't just me. This is everybody. And as I worked through it myself, I saw a path to become a coach and a hypnotherapist to help people through it. And that doesn't mean people need to do that path. But once you really face your pain and challenges and your wound and wounds and say, you know, this is, there's, there's an equal opposite of this gift. Mm. And if I, if I, instead of face it like it's in my way, if I dig into it and get help or support or coaching or hypnosis or, or do an awesome workbook on mindset or whatever it is, and you, you start going from the student of the pain, which is I'm constantly triggered, to the teacher of the solution, which is there's a reason why I'm experiencing this and I get to help other people. And I feel like there's a missing piece in healing, which is the service part of it. I'm going to 
help others through it, even if I'm still going through it. Ooh. I think that we have this, I think that part, and maybe tell me if you agree with this, that part is missing, that service part is missing because when we're still going through it and some of us go through it until the day we die, we don't think we are, we have anything to offer. You know, yes. it's like, how could I help somebody through this if I can't even help myself through this? Exactly, exactly. And when I was training to be a hypnotherapist and coach, that was, I was just, because we have this belief we have to actually be fully healed and levitating before we can help anybody. Right. And I remember reading a quote, and this was the quote that, that helped me say, wait a minute, I'm not gonna, you know, I, nobody really is levitating and perfect, you know, um, and so, you know, the quote was from a woman named Orion Mountain Dreamer, which is what we teach, what we most need to learn. Ooh. And so, so, so it makes me say, oh, okay, you're like, when I do hypnotherapy sessions, sometimes I'm like, let's go back to you know, sometimes I'm guided to take someone to their spiritual counselor. Like, I didn't make this up. And their spiritual counselor, they go to their spiritual counselor and their subconscious mind, and I have them ask their spiritual counselor why, why was this wound created and, and how they can reset it to be of service with it. Mm. Because when you understand, oh, I didn't just get my butt kicked for no reason. Mm. The reason why this I experienced this is so that I could transform it into helping myself and helping others. And that's no way of saying it's okay that someone abused us or hurt us. Like I'm not excusing, but I'm saying that I believe we sign up to learn things and kind of in some ways through our journeys, I call it going through hell and going back for the others. Mm. And when, now when I hit a pain or a challenge, or, or a feeling of worthlessness, I go, oh, there's some resistance. There's some wisdom in it. What's going on? You know, and I'll turn on, I do video and audio witnessing, and I'll just ask myself questions and ask myself questions and ask mm. myself questions until I hit a place of relief, which is I'm listening to myself. Mm. But also, I'll start going, oh, this is about, like, wow, I shouldn't work with those people because I'm terrified even if my ego thinks I should. Or this is about my inner village saying you are not nurturing us and you're giving out too much energy and we're going to crash and we're going to shut something down. If we can believe that all of this suckiness, the equal opposite of that is like, you know, getting to know ourselves, understanding how to transform those challenges and turning it into service, whether it is, you know, being in a service business or whether it's having your, your singing be so emotionally compelling because you've, you realize, you know, everyone suffers in these certain kinds of ways. Like, when, you know, for me, I'm a happy person and I hit goo and I hit challenges, but I, I have a peace in knowing it's not just for me. It's also for my audience. It's also to help support my stepson or to be there for my friends. Like my resistance is giving me some gift. That doesn't mean that um, I don't let myself, I give myself the space to be very upset and annoyed by it. Mm. But I, let, I say, okay, I created this for, because I'm all powerful being, I created this for my highest good, but first I'm going to have my feelings about it and they're not going to be pretty. I'm going to be upset and be frustrated. Why me? I'm going to rage against the machine. Ah! And then once I let myself have those feelings, then I can start looking at if I was an all powerful being that created this for my highest good, what am I, what did I, what am I trying to remind myself or invite myself to do or to learn, yeah. right? Once I have my feelings, then I can look at it as this might be something happening 
for me and for the people around me. Mm. And then how can I take, how can I, once I let myself have my feelings about it and not instantly try to Pollyanna it and be like, oh, I'm suffering for the highest good. Yay. It's like, no, we have to have our feelings. We have to get those toxins out of our body when we're feeling mad and sad, upset. That's natural. But then once we get those out, we can look at it a little bit more objectively and say, how is this going to benefit me in something that I need to remember or reset? And how's it going to benefit my audience or my child or my relationship, you know? Mm. Uh, and if we can really look at it as, you know, um, I'm, it's more than just making lemon, lemonade out of lemons. It's saying there's a higher purpose to me experiencing this. And I'm going to, I'm going to compassionately make space for me to understand how to transform it for myself so I can have the opportunity to maybe help other people do it. Oh my gosh. I love all of that. That's so incredible. Um, Cause I think it ultimately comes down to that transformation, you know, that we need to go through. One last thing, like what is, uh, I guess, where can we begin? Like what's one piece of advice you might give for just getting kind of started on our transformation as better business people or just people who take better care of ourselves? Absolutely. So step number one would be to just really be open to, to allowing yourself to believe that, <clears throat> you know, all the things you're experiencing, there's an equal opposite of, you know, this pain, there's an equal opposite of, of joy. Um, challenges, there's an equal opposite of success, right? And, and, you know, I know in my darkest times when you feel like you're just stuck, that, that we're really not stuck forever, especially if we're able to say, there's something in this. And if I let myself um, get support or, you know, journal to myself or start really developing a compassionate relationship with ourselves mm. instead of I'm not doing it or I'm not, I don't have it. So there's something wrong with me. It's more like there's resistance there. What is my resistance trying to tell me? It has so much wisdom. How, where is it? How is it guiding? Mm. You know, so step number one would be a, a huge compassionate space of, of self, uh, um, you know, observing yourself and learning about yourself, listening to yourself. I call it video or audio witnessing, um, you know, being able to just start listening to yourself instead of you're not there yet or you're there yet. You're good or you're bad, right? We just yeah. have to make, it is safe space for our whole entire being and our whole entire inner village to um, be able to um, fall in love with the process yeah. of being a human being. Um, and and for, for those people who feel like they want to really learn about, you know, like their money mindset and all that stuff, if it's okay, I'd like to share the, my URL oh, and where they can find yeah. So um, you can go to jenaugust.com, jen2ensaugust.com, and there's information on, um, of course, getting certified, but there's a, a little section called Clear Your Money Blocks. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a webinar called The Three, uh, Three Ways Your Subconscious Mind Blocks You From Getting Clients and Making Money and How to Break Through to a Profitable Business. Or they can go to jenaugust.com slash money dash mindset dash mastery. Okay. So dash mindset dash mastery. And that, and that webinar basically is, is teaching you about, you know, really the power of your subconscious mind 
and how we have to get our subconscious mind on board, whether it's learning through that webinar or audio systems or working with a hypnotherapist or working with a coach that knows about mindset, but we have to, there was a bumper sticker I saw once when I was little and I didn't get it until like, you know, I was a grown up, which is don't believe everything you think. Mm. So if we can, if we can have a thought and when I, when I teach kids about, um, in schools, when I do assemblies, I teach them about their mind radio. And the mind radio is basically letting them know, like, look, if let's say you're listening to a radio station or you're listening to an iPod or on your game, whatever you technology you guys have, where you're listening to music. And let's just say you're in charge of that music and a song comes on that you hate. Are you just going to sit there and be like, oh, no, this song. I hate this song. No, you're going to change it, right? So the mind radio is teaching children about the fact that if they have a thought that is not a supportive thought, they can change it, mm -hmm. right? So part of it is saying, step number one is, who am I letting on my playground? Am I letting mean thoughts take me down? Mm. Or am I going to do a, a thought switch? And I taught them how to do thought switching, which is you can either think of that mean thought and think an equal opposite positive thought. Or you can pick three things that you love and think about those so that you're actually shutting it off. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I do want to say is that sometimes negative thoughts um, that are reoccurring could be, you know, a block or it could be a biochemical thing. Like someone needs more vitamins or someone mm -hmm. has a chemical imbalance, yeah. right? So we also want to make sure that um, we're, what we're expecting of our brain is uh, uh, is respectful of the, making sure that the brain is getting the nutrition or the support or any of that. Like I come from a family where we have biochemical depression, and if I don't, if I'm not getting treated for depression, then I feel hollow, worthless, and like I want to blow my brains out, right? <laughs> and that's nothing that a positive thinking could help with. Right. But now that I'm treated for depression and, you know, I have no shame about being on, on depression medication, that makes me feel normal. Mm. And so if I get upset, yeah. um, then it's because it's situational. Now, not, a, not meds aren't right for everybody, but there's a great book called A Magnificent Mind at Any Age by Dr. Daniel Amen that has a brain quiz in it. And you can take the quiz and he has like natural supplement recommendations and medical, you know, meds, whatever. But either way, sometimes we're obsessing or we have negative thoughts because we just do and it's a mindset thing and we need to clear our blocks and beliefs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have a chemical imbalance that's just like making our brain, like the chemicals in our brain make us obsessed and feel hollow and worthless, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of it is in the land of self-care is finding out, you know, maybe taking that brain quiz or, you know, talking to a holistic practitioner or a doctor or whatever you believe in or trust and making sure that the biochemistry in your body is getting what it needs, you know, because I know for me, I needed to take meds because my brain made me feel hollow and worthless no matter what I did. Even if I was like winning an award, even if I was like, you know, having a, the love of my life. It didn't matter because when someone has low, I have, I have low serotonin. And so my happy juice wasn't there. So it doesn't matter how many times I affirmated or how much therapy I did until my chemicals got balanced. And there's a lot of natural and pharmaceutical ways to do it. 
it didn't matter what I did. And I know for me, it was when I read this article about like Buddhist monks on antidepressants. I'm like, wait a minute, they're meditating all day and they still can't get their brain chemistry balanced. So maybe, you know, I needed to get help and I did. And then that was perfect for me. Yeah. But to, it's really important before we judge ourselves about being able to be positive that we just make sure that our body and our brain is getting what we need to actually have a, um, a brain that could support us. Like for me, my brain can support me unless I got treated for depression. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's an important thing to say because yeah. someone can try all these things and it's still not working. And they think, Oh, well, I messed up. It's like, no, your brain might need a certain vitamin. It's not getting. So true. It is an organism. Yeah. That makes so yeah. much sense. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's such an important point. Jen, this has been so fantabulous. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I love this conversation so much. Thank you Me for too. joining us today. This was perfection. I love this. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to say that I'm learning about is yeah. if anybody has any doubt about what's going on in their brain, check out the concepts and any writing about neurodiversity. Mm. And neurodiversity is the understanding that there's, there's no such thing as a normal brain. Everybody has a unique yeah. brain. Mm -hmm. And if you learn, like for me, I feel more, more successful than I would ever be because I know how to work with my depression, my ADD, my dyslexia and all of that, that, that I've been able to take what has been considered a deficit and use it as my advantage to be successful, right? So don't believe anything is a deficit until you've really researched the equal opposites. I don't believe the universe gives us a problem or a, or a deficit or a challenge without having an equal opposite gift there to take advantage of. Mm. Awesome. Oh my gosh, so important, so good, so important. Um, Thank you. Oh, you know what? You're, you've got a seminar coming up, don't you, uh, soon? Um, or something? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I have a, um, a life coaching certification coming up, uh, lifecoachingcertification.org. Mm -hmm. the um, And so we train people to become life coaches. Um, and it's coming on in October, but it also is an it's automated. And the cool thing is, is that our tagline is, you were born a coach, let's make it official. Right. Mm. Um, because, I, you know, there are people and I've worked with people who are massage therapists that decide to add coaching or singers that decide to add coaching or, you know, um, so all the details are at lifecoachingcertification.org or genaugus.com. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, one of the biggest curiosities I invite people to have is how can I take this thing that I think is wrong with me mm. and reset it to my greatest, you know, gifts and services? Because that once you realize that it's not this isolated thing that the universe is trying to torture you with, that there are people out there that you can help even as you are figuring out what that challenge is and how to reset it. And when you can see that your biggest pain and challenge now that you're helping people with it helps people go through it faster, easier, heal it faster. It, it's like, it's not, it's like worth it. It's like, I would go through that a million times if I could help people go from hating themselves or feeling worthless to realizing they were just born on a different planet. And when they realize that they can live on their own planet yeah. with their own beliefs and their own, you know, way of being, and they can thrive, then they no longer feel like there's something wrong with them. It's just, they need to make sure they're around people that understand their special gifts and talents. Yeah make sure that those people around them earn that next second with them. 
Ah, that's great. That's great. Uh, I love that, you know, because then it's all about just like self-acceptance and right. You know. It's like live on your own planet and, and you want to see who deserves to be, to visit you there. <laughs> I love that. Right? That's good. <laughs> yes. So, I'm sure we'll talk soon. And I mean it when I say, you know, if you want to put together those opportunities and we can have a conversation about Absolutely. what feels right, because Part of it is sometimes we just need someone to reflect back to us. Wow. When you talk about this one, your voice sounds really squished. And when you talk about this one, your voice sounds really open. Right. So, mm. you know, I recommend that with anyone. It's like, right. The pros and cons, listen to your inner village and then talk to a trusted friend that knows you. Like I always had a friend that'd be like, Jen, I know you and this is not right for you because yeah. you're trying to pick yourself into it. I'm like, darn, you're right. I'm talking. You know. So <laughs> I'm happy to do that with you because sometimes we just need, reflection outside of ourselves. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. Thank you again. This is beautiful. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, have a great day. It's been a blast. You too. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed that. That was such a packed episode. There was so much good stuff. And I have listened to this episode several times because I always take notes on every episode, um, you know, for the show notes and um, for the copy for the show. And, and I found that I was getting something new every time I listened and, you know, I think that is such a fantastic thing. And I had a couple of breakthroughs, you know, in the show. I did cry a little bit because, you know, Jen saying the thing about the being a warrior for that kid, you know, that is still inside, that still doesn't feel very protected and um, still kind of feeling like flung out there a little bit and, you know, uh it just doesn't feel worthy, doesn't feel lovable, just doesn't, you know, all this, all the things. And, you know, as I say it, I'm just like, of course, I'm loved. Of course, you know, all of these, I'm worthy. Of course, I'm feeling, I feel all the things. I feel all of the, all of the everything. And I've got friends who love me, but, you know, deep in my core, the core stuff, you know, I'm not quite feeling that yet. Not I'm not quite there and I would love to live there more. I would love to come from that place and make decisions from that place, you know, and um, Jen and I had recorded this episode a couple of days ago and it gave me so much to think about as far as, you know, self-care and, you know, self-love and, you know, how to make decisions from that place. Um so, you know, I do have a couple of big decisions to make and I had a conversation, you know, another conversation and I'm, I'm afraid to have every conversation. I swear it just, <laughs> I have to like work my way up to, um, to all of it. But, you know, I had a really good conversation about, um, with someone about something that I was kind of nervous about. I'm always, you know, nervous about everything. Um, but I'm working my way through that feeling um, and I think it has to do with, you know, um, not necessarily a, having a confrontation, but I feel like, you know, if you're honest about stuff, um, if you don't stay quiet, if you don't, you know, if you say what you think, if you give an opinion, if you ask questions, things, things could fall apart. Um, but they can do that. And, you know, things can fall apart anyway. And, and if they fall apart because you're trying to gain clarity, then maybe you don't need to be in that situation, you know? Um, so these are the kinds of, you know, transformations I'm having to go through for myself. Um, 
you know, and I think a lot of that, you know, comes down to learning to really respect yourself and your place in the world, um, you know, and other people respect you when you do that. And when I had this conversation with this friend of mine, you know, I wasn't confronting them about anything. It's just it was an opportunity that they've presented to me um, and I can do it or not do it. But I just want to get all of the information. And even that for me is like a scary thing, asking questions, you know. And, but I felt differently, you know, just with the few steps I gained from um, this conversation with Jen. I felt differently approaching it. And I was, you know, my brain was working better, <laughs> if that makes sense, in that conversation. Because I knew where I was coming from. I know nobody's out to get me, you know, it's not even where I'm living. I just want to make sure that I am clear on, you know, the situation. I'm clear and I've got all, and I'm not questioning, I'm not shutting myself up or shutting myself down, you know, that thing that we do um, to be obedient so everybody will like us, you know, at least that's kind of been my thing. And, um, you know, that hasn't been serving me. It's like never served me. And I'm thinking back on like all of the situations where I've like shut up so I don't rock the boat and I make sure that everybody thinks I'm easy and they all like me. And it's just like, well, if I don't like myself and ultimately people don't, you know, they know when you're not even at least on a soul level, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who respects themselves, you know, you can recognize that you can see that you even envy it. And maybe you have um, a negative reaction to it because it's how you would like to operate and you don't have the skills. You know, I have had that experience, too, where I'm a little I've seen somebody I've been in the presence of someone who's very self you know, possessed. So they just have ownership of their little worlds or whatever. And nothing's penetrating it. That's BS. There is no, <laughs> they've got a BS meter and they know how to use it, you know? Um, so I'm, you know, just all that to say, you know, just this conversation has really helped me to look at, um, you know, just this one situation differently. You know, I sat down and um, I haven't done the tape recorder thing yet, but I will actually do that after I record this because I, I want to talk it through with myself. Although I have been doing something, um, a little thing that I got from uh, Hillary Rushford. I listened to her show, You're Welcome, which is really awesome. You guys should listen to that um, right after you listen to this. <laughs> but, you know, she does this thing where she will just kind of put in her earbuds. She'll go for a walk and she'll just talk to herself just talk, speak out loud, all of everything, whatever's on her mind, you know, and I'd started doing that. And just to do that really helps. But I think the recording um, component of it, so you can go back and listen and get that, um, just kind of get some literal self-reflection, you know, really look, listen to how did I sound when I did that or re video record yourself? How did I look when I talked about this thing? How am I really, you know, having all of it it's almost like taping your own performance you know um I worked with an artist who recorded every performance and watched all of them <laughs> and she uh knew everything that was going on on stage she knew how, how her show looked which I really respected um you know and 
I think that's what we kind of have to do as the performer on the stage of our lives, you know, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't think it's, you know, I, I don't think it's too much. I don't think it's like, you know, a self-centered thing. I don't think it's an ego thing. I think it's just a, let me get honest with myself. Let me get present in this. Let me look at myself when I, because we're not, a, I think we get pull, pulled out of our bodies a bit and we're not really fully aware all of the time about how we're really responding to something, you know, and I think it was important for this friend to approach me with this opportunity and for me to meet Jen and, you know, do this podcast with her and have these insights because this thing, um, this response that I have every time I've, I've got, you know, um, something that enters my universe that I don't quite know to, how to handle, you know, I block I, the all these blocks come up and I end up kind of sabotaging myself. And I really want to push that out. I really want to just, you know, turn on that water hose and like that hasn't turned on in a while and get that gunk out. You know how that happens if you have like a I'd heard somebody liken it to like, you know, there's a cabin that you haven't been to in a while and the pipes haven't been used in a long while and you turn on the water faucet and at first the water that runs out is, you know, muddy and gunky, but then clear, clean water comes out and it's drinkable and you can live with it. And, you know, I think that is what is kind of happening for me at the moment. Um, anyway, but I, I really love this episode. I love this conversation. Um, you know, I would, yeah, I just loved it. So I hope you did too. Let me know what you think. Um, you can email me at Jamila at Jamila4.com. That's J-A-M-I-L-A, F-O-R-D.com. And, um, you can also find me on Instagram at Jamila Ford Music. DM me there. I read all of them. And, um, that's it for today, you guys. I really love this episode. I really hope that it helps you because I really just had you in mind when I um, spoke to Jen about this. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. So I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you again next week. <laughs>